Hey, everybody. So the show is doing so well that we just have all kinds of interesting people who want to stop by and talk with us. And I'm happy to let you know that today we have the reanimated corpse of Ronald Reagan, who is joining us today. Hey, Ronnie, what was it you were saying just a minute ago uh, about this show? That this was a unique encounter between two people who had the power to start World War III or to begin a new age of peace among nations. Well, thank you for that. I'm certainly doing my best, and who knows, maybe it will lead to peace among nations. And uh, got through 10 episodes. This is actually episode number 11. And we salute you for these accomplishments. Yeah, well, just doing our part. Especially after COVID. Hey, what what did you think of COVID? Chemical warfare. Damn, I know, right? Yeah, it was crazy. Who do you think did that? For it is not people who make war. Only governments do that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, right? Is there anything now, though, that could bring us back together? Perhaps we need some outside universal threat to make us recognize this common bound. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Whoa, Ronnie, are you talking about aliens? Like extraterrestrials, like UFOs? Oh, that's so crazy. But here's the real question. If they did show up, what would we name them? Names such as Halabja, Medushar, Inshar, and Spin, Spin Bulldog. Welcome back to Conspiracy Guide, everybody. My name is Sean, and I will be your out-of-this-world conspiracy guide. Oh, don't you love... I love those names. Hababsha and Spimbledock. <laughs> what in the world was the Gipper talking about there? I actually know. I I know, because I clipped them. <laughs> and uh, what he was talking about, or what he was trying to talk about, was, uh, I think, the names of some... Afghan terrorists or terrorist leaders or something like that because he was very, very, very deeply concerned about the war and occupation in Afghanistan by the Soviet Union. <laughs> so if he if he only knew, if he only had a crystal ball, but you know what? I think he did have a, a crystal ball. Uh, perhaps he wasn't looking right at it, though, and that would have been his vice, that would have been his vice, uh, George H.W. Bush, or as he would be known, Poppy Bush. I would think there's a correlation there between Afghanistan and Poppy, but I might just be a conspiracy theorist. In any case, he was hell-bent on getting into the Middle East, wasn't he? And uh, people say, I missed the way Trump said China, but you know, I've been missing for a long time. The way George H.W. Bush, the way Poppy Bush said Saddam, <laughs> Saddam, <laughs> that's how he used to say Saddam Hussein. But actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I know people named Adam and we don't call them a dom. So maybe I'm making fun of the way he said it and he's actually right. In any case, thank you everyone for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the podcast. I'm glad you found it. I think the kind of design of me laying out all the topics very clearly in the description is helping people find it through the search function. If that's how you found it, I'm so happy to hear that. Let me know. Uh, shoot me an email or any of the socials that are there in the description. And for those of you who've been listening, I really appreciate the shares and the likes and the reviews. Those really help the algorithm. 
So let's get right into it. It feels like false flag season, doesn't it? The reason it feels like false flag season is because is because false flag season doesn't end. <laughs> it's constant now. That's just what we uh, what we have these days. So keep your head on a swivel, everyone. But uh, what is the topic du jour? What's going on right now? Well, certainly it's the Ohio train wreck, and my heart goes out to all of the people in Ohio. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We are going to be talking about aliens. That's right. Aliens. That's what everyone's talking about. Not illegal aliens. No, not not illegal aliens. That ship has sailed. Nobody talks about that one anymore. The border is wide open. But you know what? Truth be told, I don't really care. That one doesn't bother me so much. I... I'm kind of uh, run it till the wheels fall off. <laughs> that's a, that's how I feel about it right now. Um, all the reasons that they give for not just allowing the mass migration are things like uh, social programs and uh, overburdening the medical system. But here's a newsflash. Your social security that you've been paying into was spent. And so now it's a Ponzi scheme. And the medical system... I don't use it anyway, so I feel like we should just open it up and we'll call it the United States of America and uh, just bring all the ingredients, bring all the food. I want the food here. That's what I that's what I really want. So come on up and start big families and uh, and bring the food with you. And let's do the same for Canada. Let's get them their guns back. We'll just just uh, we'll make it one one big one big based nation. Anyway, not those aliens, <laughs> but uh, still probably equally illegal. We're going to be talking about the extraterrestrial variety, the uh, the little green men. You know the ones, um, the ones who are always flying around and abducting people uh, from trailer parks, usually uh, who are on meth. But don't let that get in the way of a good story. Uh, they also uh, apparently are uh, sticking things up their butts to uh, examine the earthlings. That usually makes its way into the stories. Um, but as as re- ridiculous as some of that sounds to me, most most Americans actually do believe in UFOs. They they believe in extraterrestrials. And according to a survey, about half of them actually think that aliens have visited Earth. And um, I guess it makes sense because when you think about what we're being shown, they're just everywhere, right? The UFOs, the extraterrestrials, the UAPs, as they're called now, they're just flying around all over the place. They're flying around in front of our fighter jets. They're pointing their high beams down into the cities just to apparently mess with the people there now they're coming in uh in weather balloons they're just floating their balloons down to earth so the aliens are are all over but you know what the aliens aren't really on my radar they're not they're not really aliens used to be so hot in the conspiracy community but it was never my never my cup of tea they're, like i said they're not really on my radar if i had to place them I would say that aliens for me are somewhere in between the Loch Ness monster and ghosts. And I think that's because I think of them in the same. Have you seen these ghost hunter shows? You've probably seen them. And uh, it's, it's essentially like a 47 minute spot and 43 minutes of that is uh, them talking about the uh the experiences at this very scary place and they're talking about their plan to go uh suss out these ghosts and then the last couple of minutes will that be them uh i, I don't know uh, walking down a uh, a dark hallway uh, their fake instruments get some kind of reading and then a door will creak or something. And that is the big climactic ending to the show. So that's all the proof you get on those shows. They are all the same. And so that's how I feel about aliens. They just dangle a little bit out there to us and say, see, the aliens are everywhere. And 
I knew that this alien, this UFO narrative was going live when I saw it on Tucker. I saw Tucker, uh, Tucker Carlson talk about the aliens and the UFOs. Now, I really like Tucker. I think he's cool and I like his show, but I am fully aware that Tucker is definitely Project Mockingbird. Uh, He, if you don't know, his father was like, all up in the government, like not necessarily a government employee, but he was all up in there. And um, at, at one point he was the ambassador. His father was the ambassador to Seychelles. And that ambassadorship actually came from Poppy Bush. And if you uh, ambassadorships are essentially just like uh, like a perk you give to the homies. And so if your buddy is Poppy Bush, Ooh, considering what he was doing with the CIA and the vice president. Anyway, uh, you don't want any favors from Poppy Bush. I'm going to say that. And uh, Tucker himself talks about how uh, everyone he knew was in the CIA and that uh, he actually applied to be in the CIA and they turned him down, which is a likely story. You hear that all the time from these these types. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I tried, but they wouldn't let me in. So. I just, I just happened to become the number one watched news personality in the world. Isn't that funny how that works? Anyway, I also know about Tucker from way back. Um, one of my radio heroes, as embarrassing as it is now, is a guy called Bubba the Love Sponge. And, uh, it, geez, I, I, I would say look up some clips of Bubba the Love Sponge, but I don't want to embarrass myself too much, so... Probably don't do that. But anyway, Tucker used to be on this very raunchy show with this, uh, you know, the like the dirtiest radio DJ there ever was. He made uh, Howard Stern look like a schoolboy. So, so that's how I knew of Tucker, and I like him. I still like him. I like his show, and I like to uh, watch it to kind of get what the narrative is. So when I saw aliens and UFOs on Tucker, I thought, well, they're going live with it. It's all happening now, <laughs> as uh, as as Alex Jones would say, it's all happening, folks. So, um, so yeah, so aliens on Tucker, and. Um, He's giving you a little taste. He's saying, you know, it's, uh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, the government doesn't want you to know. I don't know what they're hiding, but I'm going to give you a little taste of it. It's a little something naughty that you're not supposed to know about, but he's going to tell you. And I hope you're not tuning into this because you really, really love aliens. Um, I love aliens too, but if you really, really love aliens and want them to be real, I am about to rain on your parade, I think. Because as much as I want aliens to be real, I just don't think they are. I haven't seen it. So the alien mania sort of, um, well, it, it, it started quite a long time ago because people were always talking about, you know, sort of phenomena that they couldn't explain in the skies. But the fire was really lit with the Roswell, Roswell New Mexico crash. That was in 1947. And there was a bunch of stories and and still a lot of stories and lore that surround it. And the official story by the military, because one thing you're going to notice is the military is always all up in these stories about UFOs. They're like, they're like, uh, uh, joined at the hip, (laughs) aliens and government. And uh, so anyway, the official story is that it was a weather balloon. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? <laughs> sounds very familiar. So that was the that was the initial thing that really started everyone thinking about it. The town really capitalized on the alien story. And um, there was even some some military personnel who, uh, became famous for talking about what they saw. They would they talked about um, I saw this thing and it was uh, no doubt an extraterrestrial. No doubt in my mind that what I saw did not come from Earth. And so, with that in mind, uh, th- there's a guy that I want to talk about. His name is Bill Cooper, and he's gonna come up again. Bill Cooper, remember that name, or William Cooper? He is. 
like a, a real heavy hitter in the conspiracy community. He wrote a book called Behold a Pale Horse. And now if you read that book, I don't want to give too many spoiler alerts because there are some kind of mixed conclusions within that. And it's a great book. So I do recommend it. But one of the conclusions that he came to was that the government is trying to continue this narrative of aliens and of extraterrestrials. And he said that the way they would do this is they would take the um, the guys that they knew uh, that were loose-lipped or were drunks or something like that, and the military would kind of show them a little something, like they would show them this whatever mutilated alien corpse, whatever it was. And they would know that, that this guy couldn't keep a secret. So they'd show him this thing. Oh, Hey, uh, whatever drunk Pete, whatever his name is. I don't know. They bring him in and they'd say, Hey, um, don't tell anyone. Don't, don't tell anyone, but we have an alien here and we're, we're, uh, we're going to do an autopsy on it or whatnot, but it's super, super secret. So you got to promise not to tell. All right, drunk Pete, don't tell anyone. And uh, of course, drunk Pete would go out there and he would he would tell everyone about it. And so that's how they would kind of float this narrative in a way that really got the conspiracy theorists going. Uh, Because, again, it's like this thing you're not supposed to know. One thing that that Bill Cooper uh, also talked a lot about, and one thing I think he's been vindicated on is that he talked a lot about these secret societies. So back in the kind of eighties and nineties, when he was talking about these secret societies, nobody else was really talking about them. Um, and he was just kind of screaming into the wind about these things. He was talking about the Bilderberg group and, and these groups and whatnot, how they were trying to usher in this, new world order, this one world government. And now it's kind of all becoming true. I mean, we see we have Klaus Schwab with his world economic forum. That guy is like the picture of a, of a movie villain. Um, we, we know that the Bilderberg group is a thing because of the work that Alex Jones did. He kind of got famous for exposing the Bilderberg group. And then just recently we had Elon speaking at the this is the name of it, the World Government Summit. I mean, they're not even hiding it now. It's just all out there in the open. So um, I, I think we can say that 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 at least that snippet that Bill Cooper got right, uh, we may want to heed his warning about other things. Anyway, uh, speaking of Elon, man, ugh, don't uh, just... Just, just beware. That's all I'm going to say. Beware. I am, I am working on an episode about about Elon and what I think he's about. But you know, take the things he says with a little little grain of salt. That's all I'm going to say now. So, um, so aliens, uh, at least in this regard, started out with kind of a shady history, and um, to to me, the evidence is still pretty scant. You know, there's sightings and things in the air that uh that can't be explained but if i mean who controls the airways uh we we know that basically everything flying around in the sky (laughs) other than weather balloons i guess are either being tracked by the military or it's them Um, i had an incident just recently that i posted about and uh six fighter jets flew over my house and it was it was right during that uh, balloon incident and so I posted about it and I said, hey, what's up with these jets flying over my house? And some other people commented that they were able to search these databases and that they can they can find uh, stuff a lot of times, but uh, the government is not required to to be in that database. So they weren't actually able to find the jets I was talking about. But, you know, that just says that whatever's going on in the skies the government can do whatever they want up there. So, so, uh, so anyway, government and aliens, again, to me, just completely linked, whether they're one in the same or whether the government is just completely controlling the narrative. Now, something I like to think about when considering aliens and UFOs is the Drake equation. There is something called the Drake equation that was developed to, I guess, 
look at the probability of intelligent life beyond our world. And it's from the 1960s. This guy named Frank Drank, Frank, Frank Drank, Frank Drake uh, came up with it. He was working with SETI, which I should have written down the name of because now I don't know what SETI means. Anyway, you can uh, just just tweet at me because I should know what that is if I'm talking about it. It's uh, I'm going to say something extraterrestrial something. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so Frank Drake, he, he developed this equation and it 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 focuses on a few things. There are seven variables within this equation and it's like the number of stars that are out there, the number of planets that are near stars because, you know, our sun is a star. So presumably a planet would need a star uh, for life. And then like the fraction of those that could develop tech to make a signal that we could find. And like I said, there's seven of these variables. It's pretty hard to say how legit each one of those um, probabilities within the variables is, but for the for the sake of um, um, humoring the the equation, the experts in this have used that equation to say that there is a forty percent chance that we are alone. That uh, there's a forty percent chance that there is nothing else out there at all, and that's based on that that equation. And the equation has been criticized uh, by other scientists and stuff because that's what science is and that's what science should do. But one thing that is not part of that Drake equation that I find to be uh, seriously lacking, and I'm no physicist or anything like that, but there's no time variable as part of it. And so of what I know of space travel, which is not much, uh, to to cross, to Uh, to travel these vast, vast distances of space, if that's the model you believe in, you would certainly need uh, something that's able to uh, manipulate time. And so we humans, when you think about our very short existence or, uh, you know, at least what we can prove, I don't know, 100,000 to 250,000 years, maybe we've had intelligent humans Again, if you believe the fossil record and stuff. But when you consider the number that we're given for how old the universe is, like 3.8 billion years, I think is what they say. Well, we are just a blip on the radar, just a tiny, tiny blip on the radar. So you you would think that these aliens would have a finite amount of time to visit us, and especially if they wanted to visit us, you know, when we're not cave people. So the fact that 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 variable is not there because so let's factor in time travel. They could visit us at any moment and they're not here now. Um, At least the evidence that I see shows us that that they're not there. So I'm going to say that if you add the time variable into the Drake equation, it just further tells me that we are alone. <laughs> we, we are alone here. Another, another way that I like to look at this, uh, Drake equation, and I hope I'm not boring you with my, uh, sort of wonderings and machinations about these, these, uh, topics. But I also like to think about the stories that we have of aliens. And most of the accounts of aliens are like these humanoid figures, right? The grays, you know, the ones, the big eyes, the bald heads, the, uh, Mr. Burns body and whatever they are, they look more like humans than anything else. And I think that's a big tell because if you think about the variation of life on our planet, think about like the difference between bacteria and an orangutan. It's, it's not even close. Uh, if you were an outside observer, you wouldn't even know that both of those things are like within this category of life unless you had our experience because they're so vastly different. Think of the amount of variability just within our oceans. So so if if alien life was here, we might not even know it. 
right? We might not even know it because it could be that bacteria. It it could be that, uh, I mean, it's probably not the orangutan. It, it could be something. I've heard that it could be uh, octopus. <laughs> That's There's a book called Other Minds. And in that book, they describe the way an octopus's brain works. And it's distributed throughout their body in this very unique way. So maybe the octopus are the aliens. I doubt it. Um, I just ate one in Acapulco and it was absolutely delicious. It was a dish called pulpo enamorado. And if you go down to Acapulco, get that. Ooh, it's so good. The name means octopus in love. And I got to tell you, I am in love with that dish. But my point is, I don't think those are the aliens because if they are, I guess they would have landed their spacecraft here only just to be eaten up by us. So there's a lot of holes in the story is all I'm saying. And the fact that all these stories of aliens are humanoid, that is just a tell to me because the chances of the aliens actually being humanoid in form or looking anything like us, those are crazy odds. Let's let's factor that one into the Drake equation too. There's also something called machine elves, people who do DMT and other psychedelics all I shouldn't say all many of them report these similar experiences and they refer to them as machine elves. And a lot of times they are also humanoid figures and uh, they are convinced during these trips that the figures that they communicate with, the figures they interact with were not of this world. So what that tells me is that our brains have an innate um, either ability or, um, or a need to kind of project our image, to project ourselves into this other world. And who knows? Maybe DMT is a communication to another realm. I would actually like that one to be true. But again, I'm just trying to speculate on these things the most accurate way possible. And I want aliens to be real. I really do. Because variety is the spice of life. And nothing is going to be more exciting than if we actually have some aliens. I mean... The news cycle is exciting enough, but if we actually get some real aliens, not ones made by Pfizer or anything, but like some real aliens, that would just be great. I would love that. But I, um, I, I'm afraid that's not the case. I, I think we're alone. I really, really do think we're alone because that is the um, reality that I observe from the physics standpoint, which I so poorly laid out from the uh, spiritual standpoint, um, I don't believe there there are there is other life because that that spark of life is so so unique and so precious. We can't do that here. I, I've mentioned it before. We cannot take non living matter, inorganic matter, and just mix it all together and create life. Not even bacteria. Not single celled organisms. We can't do that, and we're not even close. And that tells me that life is divine. It's not cheap. It's not easy. And um, and we are special. That's that's it. We're special, and and you are special. <laughs> and uh, and to me, that's the biggest variable. So if I add all that stuff up and put it in the uh, the uh, conspiracy guide slash Drake equation, I come up with zero chance of aliens. (laughs) But what is all the, like, what's all the interest in aliens? Why, why the interest in aliens? Um, I, I believe that this is a kind of a good versus evil thing. I believe that, um, there are people that are, uh, greedy and, um, trying to rule over us. And I think it's a convenient idea to float. I think that there's a reason why governments and those who would wish to control us kind of keep this alien narrative in their back pocket. Kind of like the the plot of Independence Day or like that clip of what Ronald Reagan said in the opening uh, that I chose for, for this episode for obvious reasons. A, a common enemy like aliens uh, would really 
would re- really bring us all together. Right? We saw what COVID did. Um, uh, uh, we all got to, we're all in this together. Um, so I, I think that's, I think that's the motivation. So the, the conspiracy theory or the name for this agenda is called project blue beam. And Project Bluebeam is, um, well, I'll tell you about it specifically, but it kind of encompasses in the conspiracy theory world all of these things that are like a fake alien invasion or just the alien theories uh, being being uh, propagated by the government. And, you know, it's it's funny because I see this same kind of um, psychological trick being played out all, all over the place, all the time. Um, in the, in the Vietnam war, if you didn't support the Vietnam war, uh, you were, you were a hippie and, uh, you supported people being, I guess, enslaved by, by communism. And, uh, you remember in, in, in nine 11, if, if you're not with us, then you're with the terrorist. Basically anyone who doesn't agree uh, about going to war is, is then a terrorist. And we, I saw it just recently. I saw a clip of Rachel Maddow, and you'll notice this trick if you're looking for it, because the the uh, there was a uh, freedom rally in uh, Washington D.C. A lot of people went there from really diverse kind of political backgrounds and whatnot to just oppose this war that we seem to be screaming toward. And and her criticism of it, the one thing she says about all of these people uh, who attended this rally was that they are they're puppets of Putin and that they are supporting Russia, but. There wasn't any Russia support there. I don't think anyone is saying like, like, yeah, we want we want Russia to get into this war so that, you know, so that they could destroy Ukraine. No, they're they're talking about peace. They want peace. That's all anyone wanted at this rally. That's all I want is is peace. And yet the criticism is uh, you must be a Putin puppet or a Ruski or whatever. I guess uh, uh, we're 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 right back there to. Um, Oh, geez. Oh, you guys are going to be mad. Oh, I hate that. What's that 80s movie? <laughs> oh. oh, I feel so bad. I feel so bad. I'll insert it. What's the 80s movie where the kids fight the Russians? Anyway, we're back there. We're back there. If you're not with us, you're against us. So you must, must support a war. That's my point. <laughs> I'm so sorry when I do that. I get on these tangents and the sleep deprivation. I promise you it's real. <laughs> so let's talk about Project Bluebeam. What uh, What is Project Bluebeam? Where did that name come from? <clears throat> uh, Project Bluebeam was first reported by a guy named Sergey Monast. And it's from 1994 is when he was reporting on it. And he's a Canadian guy, was a Canadian guy. And He's really hard to research. He was a French speaker. He wrote in French, and I don't believe he wrote at all in in English. In fact, I, I can find his books. I have um, digital files of his books, and I can use Google Translate, um, and it's somewhat helpful. But if you've tried to do that, it's it's difficult to read. So so yeah, he's a, a Canadian guy. French speaker, Sergei Manast, and he said that NASA had a project called Project Bluebeam that um, was meant to essentially create a, a fake alien invasion. Now, it doesn't take much to convince me that NASA is involved in fraud. Again, I don't know why they have to do it, but you can find the proof of it all over the place. NASA is super fake. <laughs> I don't know why, but but they are. I, I posted just recently about NASA being involved in some cancer treatment. <laughs> and um, cancer treatment and space, a lot of fraud going on there. So anyway, Project Bluebeam is a NASA thing that this guy reported on. And it's four parts. Project Bluebeam is in four parts or four phases. And I'll go over those with you now. Uh, the first one is called the breakdown of archaeological knowledge. And um, yeah, obvious. <laughs> I mean, we already have that. I I don't know how it could be broken down anymore, but it, it, it his writings describe it as like a physical breakdown of 
of things with natural disasters, with earthquakes. Specifically, he talks about man-made earthquakes, um, a breakdown in our kind of mental understanding of, of archaeology or a disassociation with our past beliefs and culture. I think about the Middle East wars, and there are these videos, these really, really tragic videos of American forces and, and others, by the way, it's not just America, who uh, are essentially bulldozing these ancient sites. There's um, an Iraqi soldier who has accounts of this, and they're just going in and destroying these ancient sites. For what reason? I don't know. But um, it's it's it is spoken about in uh, Sergei Manast's writings about uh, about breaking our archaeological knowledge. And also, it's interesting that he mentions man-made earthquakes. I'm going to post a link to it, but uh, there is a woman named Diana Lavanovici, I believe is how you say her name, and she is a uh, Romanian. Uh, yeah, she's a Romanian senator, and she's talking about the recent earthquakes in Turkey and um, some very strange things like flashing lights in the sky, uh, which Sergei Manast also described. Um, harp weather weapons have been, uh, harp is an acronym, H-A-A-R-P, and um, we'll get into that in a future episode, but in any case, this woman, Diana, is talking about that Turkey earthquake, and um, this is a translation of what she said, but I'll read it for you here. Let's go to the document cam. <laughs> uh, that's Alex Jones again. He's in my head a lot. Uh, if you don't know, he has this thing called the document cam, which is like a, a camera that that points at all the paperwork on his desk, so... Anyway, if I had a document cam, you would see that I am now reading a quote from it. It says, this is from from Diana, uh, the senator. It says, it is very clear to me that at this point, things at the international level have gotten out of hand. The fools are playing God and they think they have won the game. These demented and psychopathic people who cause wars and cataclysm using unconventional weapons view humans as just numbers they can get rid of. So, yeah, crazy stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't know who uh, uh, Diana Lovanovici is exactly, but it seems like her and I read a lot of the same stuff because uh, it matches up with what... Uh, Sergey Manas was talking about with this stuff. Also, you can you can breathe easy. You can you can rest assured because because NASA is on the case. NASA is investigating those suspicious lights in the sky before that earthquake, and they said they're called earthquake lights. <laughs> A little on the nose, but okay, NASA. Anyway, part two or phase two of Blue Beam is called the Light Show, and. Um, Sergey Manast says that this this phase would be projected images into the sky of religious iconography. So Christians would see Christ depicted. Uh, Muslims and Hindus would see their own uh, versions of of gods uh, that they, uh, I guess, would be more inclined to believe. And this phase would be used to uh, kind of reinforce people's beliefs in their own um religious gods and use it to kind of start wars. And I find that this step is probably the easiest technologically to pull off. And there's, uh, there's a lot of evidence that this technology is already out there. I think it would be fairly easy to project this stuff in the sky. I think that the technologies that we are privy to are quite a bit behind what's actually available. There is a video, I will post a link to it, of a whale uh, hologram in an auditorium full of kids. I believe it's a high school. And when this whale jumps out of the basketball floor and splashes down, all the kids who are in the auditorium jump because it looks so real. And that was like 15 years ago. So, you know, projecting stuff into the sky, that one doesn't sound particularly difficult to me. <coughs> Excuse me. I am hotboxing my basement right now. Not in the way that you might think. It's uh, frankincense. 
because because that's how I roll these days. All right. So uh, also within this um, uh, this this light show, this part two, uh, it includes trying to, uh, well, one, create strife and create wars, which would then, I don't know, thin the population. But then they would merge these messages. They would try and bring all of the, uh, I guess, remaining people into uh, a one world religion. That's, that's kind of the second half of this phase two. And when you think about it, kind of trying to do that. Now we have some examples of it. The, uh, the, the Pope is certainly out there trying to do his part to mix Christianity with sort of the government religions of climate change and transgender and vaccines. <laughs> the Vatican actually put out a vaccine coin. It's like a, a commemorative coin for vaccination. I definitely did try to get one, <laughs> but they were already sold out. So I couldn't get my hands on one of those. But anyway, yes, they're already trying to mix, mix the religions up in the UAE. There's something called the Abrahamic family house, which, um, which here's a dystopian name. It's, it's by the higher committee of human fraternity. That's very Orwellian, but it's basically this center that has all of these Abrahamic religions within it. It looks a lot like Lincoln center, um, in, in New York city, uh, the renderings of it. I don't think it's up yet, but basically Muslims, Christians and Jews all have their respective buildings on this property where they can all come together. You know, it's just one world religion. Um, don't worry. The differences between our religions aren't important. You know, one of these religions, the central figure is, is Christ. And the other one believes he doesn't exist, but Hey, let's not let a few of those central details get in the way. Right. (laughs) Anyway, at the end of this step two, the goal would be to uh, create an antichrist who is the composite God. Oh, doesn't that sound crazy? The composite God. That's what the antichrist would be. And, and so the merging of all of these world religions into this one God, the Antichrist. All right, so we're on to step three. Step three is called thought thought communication. And this is, um, according to Manast, these low frequency and very low frequency technologies would be used to beam messages into people's brains. So those who had not been convinced thus far by the sightings, uh, would now have these messages right in their brain. <laughs> and um, and uh, those who, uh, I guess, resisted this would, would then get suicidal thoughts, or at least that's, that's what Manast says. So that tinfoil hat <laughs> that, uh, that's always being used as a slur to describe us confer- cons- conspiracy theorists, Yes, you might actually want a tinfoil hat if this if this comes to fruition. So um, I'm also thinking Neuralink. <laughs> maybe they don't maybe they don't need to use MRAD or these or these uh, sound lasers. They, they don't need any of that if uh, Elon just gets to put a chip in our head. So there it is again. I am suspicious of you, Elon. <laughs> um, all right. So that's step three. Step four is called universal supernatural manifestations. And this is the phase that is most referenced for block project blue beam. This is the alien invasion. And what it's meant to do is create uh, using all of the previous uh, technologies from the first three steps uh, and, and, and make people think that an alien invasion is upon us. And it's meant to create widespread fear and an imminent danger or death. And so at that point, the government is your only savior. And that is the goal of this step. And it's to basically make everyone unite in compliance. Because after all, if you're not with us, you're against us. So are you one of the terrorist aliens? (laughs) Oh, I hope not. You better not be one of those terrorist aliens. You better be with us. And so anyway, at the end of this uh, step, 
the the Antichrist uh, will have been successful in uh, defeating this alien invasion, and everyone will be uh, so thankful that we will all uh, be now under the uh, grateful control of this savior of mankind. And that is how Project Bluebeam wraps up. And so um, at the end of it, we are we are all slaves. <laughs> which which does seem like the goal. <laughs> you got to admit, it does seem like the goal. And a lot of people, a lot of people seem to be clamoring for this position of Antichrist. Doesn't it seem like there's a whole bunch of these, uh, like your, uh, your Gavin Newsom's and your Justin Trudeau's, like those two guys were definitely created in the same lizard person laboratory, right? Like, that they were definitely created. I mean, Lori Lightfoot is she's she was created in a lab too, but I think that experiment went awry somehow. Anyway, the the uh, the the laboratory does seem to be working overtime, pumping out pe- petty tyrants for us, doesn't it? But I don't know about Project Bluebeam. So there it was. I don't know about Project Bluebeam. You know, there there are some some things we can pluck out of there and say, yeah, those those do sound oddly suspicious. But when I take a a 30,000 foot view at it and I say, well, what is more believable now that I have laid out the physical and, and spiritual argument and the sort of lack of faith that I see in extraterrestrials or aliens from outside our universe. And then I compare that with the probability that there is a government <laughs> trying to control us and usher in a world government uh, when there are groups called the World Economic Forum and the World Government uh, Summit. You know, one of them is is uh, highly, highly more probable probable than the other, if you ask me. So. Now, speaking of uh, government scumbaggery, <laughs> poor Sergey Manast, he died of a heart attack a couple of years after he came out with uh, this theory. And the reason I say government scumbaggery is because some people do theorize that the government did have something to do with that. And it's important to note, it is important to note that uh, the the um, uh, people cite a heart attack gun that was was used to do such a thing. And I'm here to tell you that the heart attack gun is actually a very real thing. During the church committee, the um, which was a committee to investigate the kind of three-letter agencies, your CIAs and FBIs and whatnot, it was uncovered that the CIA did have a heart attack gun. It looked just like a, basically a regular handgun that shot a frozen pellet of shellfish venom or something like that so this thing would just induce an immediate heart attack even in healthy people and so Sergey Manast was said to be uh, in his mid to late 40s healthy guy no no previous heart attacks and all of a sudden just dropped dead of a heart attack one day perhaps no correlation there or maybe all the correlation I don't know but um Project Bluebeam, it, it does sound a bit preposterous to me. It does sound like it would be really hard to pull off and that, uh, at least in the way it was laid out uh, by by Mr. Manass, that it just wouldn't work to fool our senses. But then I am reminded of like the Orson Welles War of the Worlds incident in 1938 where he went on the radio and he basically just told a story about aliens invading and it caused widespread panic. So with this, I guess, primitive technology that, uh, that is, uh, you know, we're way beyond now. He was able to use that microphone to create this panic. And essentially that's what, what project Bluebeam would, would be trying to do to create panic. Also, because I mentioned him earlier in the episode, Bubba the Love Sponge, that radio DJ that I that I loved, he actually got the largest FCC fine ever for 
for basically terrifying the people of Tampa. He had this this event and it was supposed to be like a pig roast or a barbecue or something. And he had this fake contest where he gave people knives and they had to essentially like kill their own pig with it for, for this barbecue. And he played all these squealing sounds of pigs and stuff. And the people in, uh, in Tampa freaked out. So uh, that's how he earned the largest FCC fine um, in history. So, so yeah, so it, it doesn't seem too difficult to whip people into a frenzy. And I think we have seen that recently. We saw what COVID did. Think about COVID. Did you see anything? Did you actually see a virus? Of course not, because nobody can see viruses. Did you see sick people dropping dead? Well, yeah, towards the beginning, there were some videos of people dropping dead in China. But you have to wonder now, what were those videos? Because we didn't see people dropping dead until the <laughs> until the clot shot came out. So, so what were those videos about? I was in New York City at the time. And I continued to work throughout the pandemic. And I was down there in the heart of Manhattan and it was an absolute ghost town. There was nobody around. I have pictures from it I should post. Uh, one of them is uh, like 5.30 in the evening and I'm, I'm driving on Park Avenue and there's not a single other car all the way up Park Avenue. I took a picture of it like I was the only one there. So think about how effective that was. Basically, the entire world came to a halt. Everyone in New York City was was just holed up in their apartments, scared to death. And nobody saw any of it. All of it was just reported to you. So in that way, I actually do think something like Project Bluebeam could be pulled off. Because people are fairly easy to, to excite and to scare. And we have a lot of proof of that. So I'll say this. If I bursted your bubble about aliens on this episode, I apologize for that. Again, I want them to be real. I definitely, definitely do. And if a flying saucer comes down right over my house, I will be thrilled to death. But the the takeaways that I that I would like for you to have from this episode are that us humans and life on Earth, we are not just an amalgamation of chance. To me, and hopefully to everyone, life is special, it's rare, it's precious, and we're not just monkeys hurling through space. Um, And I think we should treat life as such, especially when I consider this, this emerging war or this war that's been going on for a year now in Ukraine and the 400,000 dead Ukrainian soldiers, I just, it hurts my heart. Because those are people who lost their lives fighting for for bankers, for governments, essentially. And every one of those lives was special, was rare, was precious, was unique and divine. And it just makes me really sad to think that we're doing that kind of stuff. So please understand that um, my first takeaway here is just that life is incredibly important and we should always treat it like a gift. The other takeaway is that next time you hear about aliens, because trust me, we haven't heard, we haven't heard the last of aliens. Next time you hear about UFOs or UAPs or extraterrestrials, just exercise some discernment and just realize that anything that gets to you, especially through the legacy media, didn't get there by chance. And it's all very, very well orchestrated. And anything that you're seeing may not be part of a perfectly crafted narrative, but at the very least, it is approved for you to see for some reason. Because the the news and the and the media industrial complex, it's all very, very highly orchestrated. It's a well-oiled machine. And so exercise some discernment and really consider what kind of proof you need for these aliens, for these UFOs to be real. Because everything that I've seen recently are videos from fighter jets, are these, you know, unidentified flying objects. And the one, the one common factor among it all is they're all from the government. They're all from the government in some way. 
you know, that F-18 that caught that Tic Tac video. I mean, we can barely get uh, body cam footage from from Nancy Pelosi's husband's uh, uh, attack. Do you think we would get video from an F-18 if they didn't absolutely want you to see it? It's 60 years later, and we don't have the paperwork or the uh, the files from JFK. So they absolutely want you to see that footage from that F-18 these days. So anyway, exercise, exercise some discernment and realize that what you're seeing, you're seeing it for a reason. And um, <clears throat> when the aliens appear in the sky, we uh, probably will need to band together and fight. It's just a matter of who we're going to be fighting. <laughs> Uh, theoretically, metaphorically, whatever. This is not in any way advocating violence. Okay, so that's it. That is my presentation on aliens, and that is really how I feel about aliens, and that is what I think about UFOs. So I've got a couple of books this week, a couple of books that I really like. The first one I had already mentioned earlier on in this podcast was Behold a Pale Horse by Bill Cooper. It is such a great book. It's an absolute classic in conspiracy theories. And it's all about this topic. If you're interested in aliens, the probability of them, how the government could be involved. Again, I don't want to spoiler alert it for you, but it's a great read. And you know what? If you're familiar with the book and you're interested in this topic and you're on the internet or Twitter or whatever, you'll see, you'll see little Easter eggs of it all over the place because it is one of the, you know, just like how I said, murder by injection was one of my favorite books. Uh, behold a pale horse is, is one of my favorites. So get a copy of that book. Um, starts out a little slow, but it's, it's a really interesting read. The other book that I have here is um, only on Kindle. I found this book when I was researching this podcast, and it's called Project Bluebeam, The Quest for a New World Order and the Rule of the Antichrist. And that's by a guy named Aiden Brophilius. I'm not familiar with who this guy is, but he wrote a pretty good book. And I had to use uh, other accounts of Sergei Manast because he was a French speaker and writer You've kind of got to research this thing with secondary sources. And this was a really short read, kind of a summary of Project Bluebeam. It was only 35 pages long and it's on Kindle. I don't use Kindle, but I read it on my browser. And um, just a real nice um, breakdown of, of what Project Bluebeam is. So if you're interested in all at all in Bluebeam, uh, get yourself a copy of that. And also, hey, if you can read in French, Get yourself a copy of of Sergei Manas's books. Uh, they're out there and they're easy to get. But like I said, I don't read French. So uh, if you do get one and you can read them, I'd love to hear all about it. That that'd be awesome. So anyway, that's what we've got for this week. Hope you enjoyed the alien episode. And uh, it was a fun one for me to research. I had a lot of fun here. I hope that you'll share it for me. And um, until next time. We'll catch you on the flip side. Two little men in a flying saucer flew down to earth one day. Look to left and right of it, couldn't stand the sight of it, and said, let's fly away. They took a look at a Western movie, somebody heard them say. If a horse can be a star, think how dumb the people are, we'd better fly away. Then they shook their little green antennas, Scratch their purple hair Said this planet is an awful menace Let's go back to where we came from Two little men in a flying saucer Just didn't care to stay no, no. 
said it's too peculiar here Headed for the stratosphere and quickly flew away Field in Brooklyn when the Dodgers played a baseball game. Hey! Heard all the screaming, said we must be dreaming, cause the planet is insane. During the mission, heard a politician making speeches as they traveled by. Gabble, gabble, gabble. But they departed faster than they started, cause the hot air blew them sky high. Flew down to earth one day Listened to a radio Saw a television show And said, let's fly away They got their fill of commercial jingles And they were heard to say All the people seem to be Living in a nursery We'd better fly away Traveled all around and once they'd seen us Said let's head for space We were better off on Mars and Venus Goodness what a place to live in Two little men in a flying saucer Just didn't care to stay No, no Crossed a crowded thoroughfare Saw the hats the women wear And quickly flew away and quickly flew away One look and then they flew 